Good evening. It's August 29th, and this is a Stock Odds podcast. This is Odds and Ends with Rob Friesen and Dave Singh. And we're here getting ready for our week. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, markets, how they're set up to pos- uh, position for the week, and uh, look at the data and stock odds to see if we can get any insights that we can share with you to help uh, you with your trading. Hey, do you remember um, uh, Mexico earthquake that happened a couple of years ago? It happened on the anniversary of the big one that was in 1985. You remember that? Yeah, it was like, it was like to the day, like, right? Well, they were doing they were doing all their uh, you know sort of emergency preparation uh, rehearsals and all that kind of stuff in the morning, and then and then it hit uh, later that morning. I think uh, pretty interesting. Well, we have a another repeated date here. Hurricane sure. Ida, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I feel like we're kind of in a strange time in the market now. It's it's August. Volumes are lighter. We've had a big month already. Uh, Labor Day is coming up. It seems like so much bad news or anything is already built into the price, whether it's the hurricane, Afghanistan, shutdown of the pipeline that supplies the East Coast with gasoline. And the market's not doing much. The the futures are flat. Uh, Oil's down slightly. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this recently on some of our our live shows with Joel, is how news can get factored in and that's what you're kind of seeing here on a lot of different levels i think the you know gasoline uh futures are, are kind of responding a little bit to some of this um hurricane stuff but there is a lot of it baked in you know the oil's not responding as it normally does um i that you know what i still you know i want to look at what the odds have to say uh, regarding oil but like Oil and basic materials, when you're seeing stuff like this going on with kind of the the hurricane and the overhang with Afghanistan still, because, you know, still a couple of days left here of, you know, whatever could happen. Um, so I'm not really super keen on shorting that, you know, um, even though there's an opportunity to, you know, lo- look at them and, and say, okay, well, if the odds are, are relatively low uh, for them going up maybe they make good shorts but you see that see that conflict there mm-hmm. right well i was studying your um, the seasonality almanac for the last three trading days of the month mm-hmm. and in that energy was expected to outperform and technology so of the, the all the 10 sector etfs those two were expected to outperform the spider for these last three trading days of the month so that ties in kind of with what you're saying that you well, don't want to be short energy well, I mean, where the energy was weaker for the for the rest of the month, so it just kind of perks up at the end of the month, right? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, on the XLE, it sort of was weaker, you know, coming into August and through August, and then um, you know spikes up a little bit at the end. Um, but we had, you know, we had the Afghanistan thing kind of boosted a bit too, right? So that you know, you can get you can get macros that interfere with you know, what would normally be statistical basis or seasonal basis for doing something. And and that doesn't make it, it doesn't make any of that wrong in having a seasonal approach or having a statistical approach. It just means that sometimes you make some adjustments. Like I might say, hey, you know, I really want to be long, you know, technologies today. Well, if a couple big technology stocks were to miss earnings, 
that might damper the enthusiasm across the board. And, and why do I want to expose myself to that? I could just eliminate and focus on the other groups that don't have that catalyst. The same would be true, you know, to oil or basic materials or, you know, industrials or whatever it is, they're going to be subject to the macro. But do we see any other macros going on here besides what we talked about, the hurricane and the, you know, the Afghanistan thing? Do you see any other macros going on? There's not much of a catalyst, nothing big that's going to drive the market well, I mean, in the direction. The market was waiting for Powell, right? Mm -hmm. So we had that on Friday, and it really lifted the markets. Um, and but, but he did indicate that, you know, hey, taper might be coming along sooner, and we're preparing for that type of thing. But the market still felt it was it was quite dovish, so... Um, we rallied. They were they were kind of a wait and see, and the markets were rising in anticipation. And then they we got what we kind of wanted, and it it went higher. And so even now with the futures, uh, since they opened there at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, they lifted up a little bit, pulled back a little bit, but but no indication that they really want to go down at this point. Um, so we'll stick with you know, seasonality for tomorrow and usually the last trading day of most months of the year are slightly down and August is no exception to the, what's the SPY performance for the last trading day. Do you have that? No, but I think we're up two and a quarter percent so far this month. Well, so we're, up, at... we're up more than we're supposed to be, right? <laughs> you know, like July was like 2.7% expected. We hit 2.44 and August was like 0.7 expected, and you said we're at two and a quarter already, right? Yeah, correct. So there is room to pull back. Um, yeah, and that last trading day, you do expect a, a pullback usually. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence tomorrow. I mean, I'm, you know, since we're up so much, I could see a bit of a pullback. The futures don't seem to indicate much of a desire to go down at this point, but let's keep that in mind. Um, but the last trading day, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, bearish uh, for just because that's been my experience and that's what the data says. Um, I'm going to run through um, a few. Well, why don't you do the seasonality on the individual um, sector ETFs? Just run run through them. What, yeah. what do you see in performance relative to the SPY? Is that for just these last three days, essentially? Yeah, the, last it's the last three days of the month. Okay. And it okay. seems to be of the, of the last five trading days of the month, a lot of the gains happen in the first two of those five days. So the last three days don't have as robust robust uh, performance as the last five days. But but looking at them, XLB, the materials, it's pretty much on par with the spider. XLC, uh, the spider sh should outperform. Okay. Um, energy should outperform the spider. Okay. Yeah, by a healthy amount. Financials about about the same as the spider, and same with industrials, but uh, technology. So energy and technology are the two strongest of the sectors relative to the spider. Then staples, real estate, um, utilities will underperform or should underperform. Healthcare about the same, and um, same with consumer discretionary. So only two that stick out are um, energy and technology, and they could do nothing. They could do nothing for the next three days, but as long as the spider sells off the final day, it's pretty consistent with what um, the odds would, would say. Okay. 
Well, let me run through the same sectors, but uh, this time we'll do it. I'll do five day output. So what we're expecting for the whole week. We'll, we'll start to get more granular when we do this show, like if we do it daily, we can get more granular and what to expect for the next day. But right now, um, we're on a Sunday, we're looking out at the whole week, you know, that week includes the last trading day of the month, which is Tuesday, and then the first trading day of the new month, which is uh, Wednesday. Um, and plus, you know, there's um, sort of this uh, anticipation of going into a long weekend so friday you know the long weekend effect um and then things you know really don't start getting rolling until somewhat back to business as usual on the 7th and 8th of september but really the next week is when things really kick off more full-blown everybody's sort of back in uh, work mode for the fall um, so it's an interesting week here but so we'll look at the next five trading days that's from the close of friday until the close of Friday again, <laughs> close of Friday to close of Friday. So, um, okay, I, I'm running the Momentum 5 screen and out five day output. So I've sorted it by odds. It looks like technology dominates at 64.6 on the odds with discretionary next, which makes sense because I mean, you've got like lots of uh, technology stocks in the discretionary. And communications, which is also technology, Facebook and Google. So 64.6, 61.5 and 58.8 for XLC. Um, then it starts dropping consumer staples, utilities and so on. And it doesn't go uh, below 50 odds until it hits XLE. So that's an interesting contrast. Normally, without any other catalysts going on, like Afghanistan or the, you know, the hurricane, we would have a negative, you know, sort of more bearish stance here. It's actually quite significant in that the odds are 45 with performance of minus 2%, 2.08% uh, for the week on XLE. And then XLF is, is at 43.9. So financials and oil weaker on the momentum screen. Let's flip to... Uh, looking at an RSI 14 with a five-day output, RSI 14, let's see how it uh, argues with the momentum. And if we sort again, we have XLK coming in at the top at 66.7. So it agrees with uh, the momentum. XLY is next, XLC is next. <laughs> Everything's the same. A um, little bit of shuffling between the utilities and industrials later on, but they're all positive. And the only ones that are slightly under 50, uh, healthcare and real estate, uh, just on just slightly under 50 on the RSI. Um, let's go to percent B, which kind of takes standard deviation into account. We're gonna do a two and 50 with a five day output. So a little bit more robust on that, not so sensitive because we're thinking about five days, right? So how does this perform? Sorting by the odds, we have XLK once again in the lead at 68.5. Uh, XLC's next, so it, it trumps the uh, XLY, uh, and then XLP, and then XLY. Um, so interesting, if we, we have nothing showing up in the negative, we get down to XLE, slightly positive. It's, uh, second from the bottom and then XLF still at the bottom like it was with RSI. 
So we, we seem to have some agreement here on this 5D output that technology, you know, communications, uh, consumer discretionary is all kind of at, at the top. And the only other thing I saw was uh, consumer staples, XLP, uh, was also uh, riding high. So what that means to me is there's a defensive uh you know, category here that some investors are being drawn into these defensive names. So there might be expecting, you know, technology being, you know, priced to perfection somewhat already. Um, maybe it'll, maybe it'll roll over in their mind and they're kind of going more into the consumer staple stuff. Let's keep that in mind. It might be, it might be a good idea to have a little bit more balanced uh, portfolio for, you know, especially the next few days here. And that is to to add, you know, some tech and some consumer staples, right? Some consumer discretionary, and uh, maybe even, you know, some basic materials which aren't showing too bad. Industrials aren't showing too bad. So those are the the categories that I would focus on. Um, utilities. It depends what the TLT does because they have such a high bond component. We'd have to see whether the TLT is moving up or down. Uh, you know, right now based on the Jackson Hole stuff, you know, TLT shouldn't be giving anybody any problems right now. Um, U.S. dollar is starting to pull back a little bit, which says, you know, that can that can boister oil a little bit more. It can boister basic materials a little bit more. Anything commodity-based can do a little bit better when, uh, when the U.S. dollar pulls back, which is what we're seeing. So let's keep that in mind, too. Okay, anything else you got on your radar here? No, but um, how does this tie into September? What do you usually see for September? A strong month, weak month? Um, well, I know the volume picks up. Yeah, September's a really weak month. I mean, if we go to the, just the seasonality uh, for September, it is one of the worst performing months, right? Um, so looking at uh, our seasonality here, uh, well, you got anything to cover while I'm pulling this up here? No, it just seems that there's always this uh, retail perception that as soon as Labor Day comes, volumes pick up, people are back, they're in their buying, so that, which infers that the market goes up in September. But well, no, but I mean a lot of a lot of the school buying has already been happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you know, people buying laptops and you know they're buying stuff from Staples and all that, right, for school. Um, retail clothing, you know, that's kind of pick up. And and the best six or the best four months for retail is kind of August through November anyway. Um, so you know, there's a bit of that backdrop, and that's in the discretionary area. And the now, driving season's usually over, so yeah, oil comes off too. Well, I mean, you know, one one problem with sort of the last five, six years of consumer staples and consumer discretionary is they've kind of become a little bit more intertwined. Like you see some discretionary companies that are in the staples and you see some, you know, staple companies that are in the discretionary. So it's become a little bit more mixed up than it used to be. It used to be a great indicator as a spread for, you know, risk on, risk off. I mean, it worked like a charm until about six years ago, and now it's sort of a little bit more mixed, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so looking at the September, we have the first trading day of the month is 
generally a little bit soft, which is different than a lot of other months. Like a lot of other months have a very robust first day of the month, and then the last trading day of the month is down, kind of what we are expecting for August. September is different. The first trading day of the month is down, and the last trading day of the month is up. Um, and that could be because of the uh, U.S. Uh, budgetary cycle, which starts October 1st. It could be because of window dressing for some institutions that have their year end um, on uh, September 30th. Um, so it's, you know, it's possible that uh, this plays out very similarly. The, the third Friday of September is the weakest of the whole month. So and then it can rally. I've seen some September's rally a little bit at the end all the way into October, right? Mm -hmm. um, Wednesday looks like the best performing uh, day of September through all the other Septembers. Um, and we're expecting, you know, slightly negative performance uh, at minus 0.193. So um, not even a quarter percent down for the month, but still one of the worst performing months. Um, oh, let's uh, let's just compare it to how would September do as compared to GLD, which represents uh, gold, uh, gold trust ETF. Um, gold is actually per performs at minus 2.11 percent. Um, and most of the days it kind of goes opposite of what the SPY is doing. So when uh, first trading day of the month, when the SPY is supposed to be down a bit, gold is up. Uh, first Friday, when the SPY is down, gold is up. And the it's, last five trading it's, it's, days of the yeah. month. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's the opposite. The last five trading days of the month, the last three and the last day of the month, the SPY is up and gold is down significantly. So. Uh, very interesting, but this, that's the power of the stock odds seasonality almanac gives you some real insights into, you know, the performance of stocks or ETFs, and you can compare with the SPY, um, and you can dig into, you know, all kinds of different uh, symbols there. So, for example, if we were looking to the first trading day of September, which is supposed to be slightly down. Let's just see what kind of stocks uh, kick in here. Uh, what do we see for the individual stocks? What's supposed to be strong on that first day? So going to September 1st. First trading day of the month. Got some tech stocks. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. You've got uh, Workhorse and... PANW, you've got Twilio, MTCH, and you got some you got some uh, consumer discretionary in there. So kind of what we were talking about. You got some tech stocks. You got some consumer discretionary. Um, you got some retail. You got some reopening trade stuff still going on. Um, interesting. What's, what's strange is Tesla all of a sudden takes a big tank there, uh, down uh, minus 1.68% odds or 87.5 of that occurring on the first trading day of the month. So I'm not sure why nobody likes Tesla on the first day of September, but that's what the odds are saying. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up here and um, wish everybody a good week and um, 
thanks for joining me, Dave, here, and let's have a good uh, good trading week, okay? Thanks, Rob. All right. Take care.